Hi everyone, my name is Mark Hastick and I'm the co-host of the Birding Life Youth Podcast. This week we have Keanu Kanto as our guest speaker and soon Keanu is going to be interviewed by Adam on the Birding Life Podcast, so keep an eye out for that one coming up. Alright, Keanu, welcome to the Birding Life Youth Podcast. Thanks, Mark. It's really great being here and you're doing a great job with the podcast, I must say. Thanks. It's an honor to be here. Cool, man. Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, tell us a bit about yourself and uh, where are you based? I'm based up here in Pretoria, Gauteng. So I do most of my birding in wider Gauteng and in all the diversity of habitats we have around here. Yeah. And then every now and again, I'll do some birding further afield, like in the Pilansburg, the Kruger National Park, places like that on family holidays and things. Okay, that's cool. Okay, and how did the birding bug bite you? How did you begin? It was it was a slow and gradual process. I, I know a lot of people, they will see a specific bird and they'll be able to tell you that bird got me into birding in the first place, or they'll have this a family relative that gets them into birding. But for me, it was more of a, a gradual process because my family, they a bush-loving family, and we would often go on holidays to the bush, to the Gillansburg, to the Kruger every now and again, to Namibia once. <laughs> and so it was a gradual process. I would start off with ticking off the birds on a checklist I would get at the reception of the game lodge we would stay at. And then from there, it went on to me joining a bird club here in Pretoria, BirdLife Northern Gauteng. And from there, I, I got more incorporated into the birding community. I met more people. And, you know, yeah, from then, the, the rest just kind of follows on. Your skills improve slowly, you, but you, you're always learning. Yeah. Okay, no, that's cool. Yeah, my um, interest in birding also grew quite a lot when I joined my local bird club. So, now that's cool. That's like a man. Yeah, local bird clubs, they're really helpful if you can bird with someone more experienced than you in the group. And you learn a lot that way. No, I totally agree. Yeah. Okay, so you lived, um, you said you lived a part of your life outside of South Africa. Um, were you able to get much birding done there? Yeah, so whilst I was born in Pretoria, I actually lived in Namibia for about a year or so when I was only about two years old though. And yeah, unfortunately, you're not really, you can't really bird much when you're two. <laughs> so yeah, I think back to those days and I wonder how many lifers and Namibian endemics we drove past. <laughs> Yeah, I can relate to that in uh, many ways. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, and you went back there uh, a while ago and um, on a family trip, as you mentioned uh, before, uh, on your family trips. Um, how, did, how did that go? Yeah, I think it was around 2016 or so. We went back for a family trip to Namibia to visit some family there because we have family that live there. And yeah, it, we drove down via the Northern Cape province. We, our first night, we stayed at Fitzsund Nature Reserve in the Northern Cape. And I still remember going there to, they've got this hide where you go. And then it was about, just as the sun was setting, 
there was you, you wait there just when the sun is setting and then you start these these sand grass, double banded sand grass start to come in. And I, I still first remember it was a lifer for me back then. I remember the first one quietly flew in and I only noticed it when it was it was already sitting on the ground there by the waterhole. But then soon they start flying in, in greater and greater numbers and soon you're surrounded by these sand grass there. So that's what really stood out for me there, that lifer. Then we went up to Hrabis. We got some great birds there like peregrine falcon and alpine swifts in the gorge there. Then we traveled via the Richtersfeld into Namibia. I got things like pygmy falcon. And it's really quite cool. I did some atlasing up there also back then in the day. And most of the pentads there, they barely have any any full protocol cards. So you get to really contribute to science by ticking off some of the first species for the pentad list. Then we went up, we stayed up near Vintuk. It was a family trip, so that we didn't really go searching for any endemics or anything. But I managed to get some lifers on the side. <laughs> Things like <laughs> Damara red-billed hornbill and chestnut weaver. Some really cool birds, and I'd, I'd really love to go back again. Yeah, yeah that's wonderful. And what, what would you say are some of the highlights of that trip that, uh, of that you can remember? Probably, yeah, all the unique birds that I haven't seen again in the five years since. Things like rosy-faced lovebirds and uh yeah chestnut weaver tomorrow red bull thornbill the sand grass pygmy falcon and then also we drove back by the Khalakhari and the raptor sightings there were just amazing and that was definitely an experience to be remembered yeah that no it's a fantastic uh, piece of the country that um arid terrain i've actually i've been blessed enough to get there myself i went two years ago with justin my friend and we went for a couple of nights, stayed at uh, three of the camps, and yeah, yeah, I totally agree. The raptors there are amazing, and it's it's almost ironic how the landscape is so dry, um, and you wouldn't expect there's a lot to eat. Yet there are so many predators there. There's a, there's so many birds of prey. Um, yeah, and it's, it really is something else. It's so special. Yeah, I mean there the there hasn't really been much impact from humans in the way of things like poison carcasses and habitat destruction. And so you still have these really healthy raptor populations. And I mean, you'll drive there along the riverbed. So our river or the Nossop River, and you'll, there's a raptor in like every tree. <laughs> it's crazy. That was fantastic. Um, yeah, we also got to see the pygmy falcons there. Uh, I missed those when I went to the Kalahari. I only got them in Namibia. <laughs> oh, <So>. okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still looking forward to my first Namibian trip. So I, I must look out for them there. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, cool. Um, now, you did some home pentad atlasing during lockdown last year to keep yourself sane. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. what, what, what did the, what did the atlasing uh, produce uh, during that time? Yeah, I mean, during lockdown, when you're basically restricted to like five kilometers of your house, <laughs> it, it really forces you to explore your local areas. So I would atlas my home pentad a fair bit. So I've, I'm quite lucky here. I'm just on the eastern side of Pretoria. And we've got quite a diversity of habitats. And so when you're atlasing, the great thing about atlasing is that it basically 
encourages you to visit all the corners of your pentad. You check there on Birdlasser and you look at the map and you find a little dam or a little road, a little sidetrack where you might find an extra species or two for your full protocol card. So yeah, and then there were quite a few highlights during lockdown of pretty cool species that I found. Like there were some of us, we found the one of the first few, well, there's only a, a few documented so far, um, lesser master weaver colonies in Gauteng. So that was pretty cool. They literally breeding in a housing estate in the suburbs of Pretoria. Like you wouldn't expect that. Sure, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> then, yeah, I did a, just at the end of 2020, I did a quite a big card where I spent five days getting dehydrated and walking, I think it was like 80, 90,000 steps over five days <laughs> and doing, driving around with friends, trying to find as many species for the Atlas card. We got some pretty cool birds, striped kingfisher. Um, I got common, common white throat just at a little, small little hiking place. Rufus cheek nightjar for Pretoria. That's pretty good. Yeah. So that card ended on 156 species, which I don't think is too bad for <laughs> Pretoria. Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah. Like a, yeah, nice. Uh, it's pretty cool. What interesting birds you can uh, discover in your area when you're like forced to, uh, you know, bird in your local area. So yeah, I mean that that just shows some of the benefits of Atlas. So that yeah, well done. That's pretty cool. It's quite a decent number you got there. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, and now you recently went on a, a trip to Kruger National Park in December. We also Atlas uh, quite a bit using bird lesser. How did the Atlasing benefit your birding What and what did you see? Yeah, so we stayed at Ulifan's camp. It was a, just a short little family holiday. <laughs> and yeah, we got some, I did just that card. There's a nice little loop road that you can follow that just stays in the Pentad boundaries. And I'm sure many Atlases will know how useful that is when the, the road restricts you to the Pentad rather go, than going in and out and in and out. <laughs> and yeah, so there were quite a few habitats that you could access in that pentad. The rocky copy there by Ulifants with its white-throated robin chats. And I had things like brown-headed parrot. And then also at night, you, you well, there's a beautiful view over the Ulifants River. And at night, you hear the beautiful calls of the water thickness and the grunting of hippos. That's really special. Then there's, there was also like sort of a dry sort of woodland, but of thorn felt. And there I got pretty cool birds like olive tree warbler. And then there's a, lo a little causeway over the Ulifans River with things like saddlebilled storks. And unfortunately, we couldn't find a pulse fishing owl, but <laughs> yeah, it's really cool when you explore all the corners of a pentad and see exactly what you can find. Sure. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, there you go. I mean, atlasing again helps you to find some some cool birds. Yeah, it's really beneficial. Yeah, because you like went to all four corners of the pentad, seeing which birds you could find in the limited amount of habitat that you have in that area. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think I was fishing out. We're all hopeful when we get to Kruger. 
But uh, if I'm if I'm not correct, uh, they're um, pretty much mainly seen in the northern part of Kruka. Yeah, mostly along the like the Levuvu River, but also along the Ulifans. There's a small population in the riverine woodland there, probably along the Limpopo. But yeah. So oh, okay. Definitely not, that's interesting. Not easy to get at all. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. No, but that's that's pretty interesting. I never knew about them um, in that area of Kruger. Uh, yeah, my first trip to Kruger two years ago um, gave me a whack of new species. But I mean, yeah, in fact, I got 88 lifers. Yeah, I got about 88 lifers on that trip. But I mean, yeah, I, then I was still in my beginning stages of birding. But we actually stayed at Belule Satellite Camp, which is just uh, south of Bulifans. Um So, if if I had if I had known about those pals fishing owls, I would have uh, spent a bit more time in the area. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's often like that. You you'll be in a place, and then and then afterwards, after the fact realize there's this bird that I should have looked for and then you're like frustrated with yourself <laughs> yeah and you had a pretty similar um, uh, you had a pretty similar situation with uh, one of those with a, a rarity that pitched up a while after you were in that area tell us a bit about that yeah so we also traveled up to Latoba just for like a day trip and there we it was still pretty dry. We were there more towards the beginning of December, middle December, and those big rains had just started. And some of the, there were all these little depressions in the Mupani felt filling up. And then, so I was seeing these depressions fill up, and I'm thinking they they don't look bad for like a couple of interesting vagrants and things. And then about a week after we there in the Kruger, we I checked there on SA Rearbird News. Dylan Vasapoli, he found a striped crake there near Latava and, and in a pool, which I'd literally seen fill up. <laughs> so that was quite frustrating. <laughs> I was kicking myself. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, I would have been too. Um, I think, in fact, one of our recent podcasts, we interviewed a uh, 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 guy called Joshua, who also recently went up to that area. Um, and I think he actually got the striped crank. Uh, I might be wrong, but um, yeah, they also twitched it. Yeah, there were quite a few people that drove all the way, f- even from Gauteng, I think, to chase it. <laughs> yeah, this guy was from Cape Town, so yeah, that's even <laughs> further. <laughs> they, they had um, they had actually tram- uh, they had actually planned a uh, quite a long trip through KZN and up through Limpopo, so. They kind of stopped for it along the way, but I think they did get the striped crack. Uh, oh, might have been the same one. Yeah. <laughs> probably the same one. Yeah, they started popping up all over the place. <laughs> Even here in Gauteng, we now have quite a few of them at the on the Komo floodplain, just north of Gauteng. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's quite crazy what the, this Hurricane Eloise has brought to the country. I mean, I was blown away by all those sooty turns that pitched up. Um, and the frigate birds. Yeah, all the city turns and frigate birds. It was quite crazy. I don't think there's really been such an outpouring of tropical species after a cyclone before. Yeah, no, it, it, I wouldn't have expected so. But did you manage to get any of the um, birds that pitched up? No, I, I 
didn't really twitch any. I was quite busy with various things and yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't really yeah. manage to twitch any. It was okay, yeah. That, that, yeah. That's a pity, but I mean, you you <laughs> did go on a twitch to Nkumalanga. Yeah, more recently, more recently, I had a bit of consolation in going to Mpumalanga with some friends for a quick twitch there at Mukombo Dam. And there we found pink, well, Michael Johnson originally found them, um, pink pack pelican and African skimmer, which was a lifer for me. So that was pretty cool. I mean, it's really great to see how skimmers are popping up more and more over the country. I mean, I think about 10 years ago, so they were really heard of in South Africa proper. I think they used to be a regular, a lot further back in time, but they're starting to become more and more common. And there's even breeding records now from the low felt. So hopefully we'll see more and more of them on the high felt as well. Yeah. And uh, just to end it off, um, uh, I also had a, a skimmer experience uh, last year where, well, yeah, I guess I could call it that, but um, I went up with my friend to the Kruger National Park, who isn't actually a birder, um, and I was with him and his, his mom and his dad, and we drove up, um, and I heard about there were there were three African skimmers at Sunset Dam, mm. and so I asked them very nicely, you know, can we quickly stop over, because I didn't want to um, necessarily irritate them, because they, they weren't <laughs> focused on birds. Yeah. So, yeah, we stopped over, we had a look while we were there during the first uh, during the, our days or that we stayed there. Um, I mean, it was it was a great trip. We actually went during lockdown. Um, I'm not sure what level it was, but um, there were hardly any people there. So the wildlife was just flourishing. Um, wow. and yeah. for, I mean, I, I didn't go with bird watchers, so I was very restricted. But um, nevertheless, I, I saw so many lovely birds, I mean. Yeah, quite a few lifers as well. But um, yeah, so we got back um, a few days later to George. Um, and then that day that we returned from our trip, I <laughs> saw the report of African skimmer seen at sunset uh, the day we got back. <laughs> oh, no. So that was, that, was, that was very frustrating. Yeah, yeah. sounds like a Strike Craig situation. <laughs> Yeah, so I feel you. I know how you feel. <laughs> okay, Kiani, that was a great chat. It was nice to hear from you. Thank you very uh, much for having me. <laughs> wow, what a great podcast. A big thanks to my co-host Mark Haystick for conducting the interview. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe to us on your preferred podcast player and be sure to follow us on all social media platforms so you don't miss any news from the birding life. Until next time, happy birding. Mm-hmm.